FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 396 of the podcast that goes snicked. That's right, it's been too long. (laughs) I'm your host, Jason Venable, and joining us for a very special eight-year snicktiversary episode, we have the return of the Excalibros and Ian. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. Eight years, huh? Eight years. Um, in fact, if I if I time everything right, this will actually come out eight years to the day of my oh first my episode. Goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, Congratulations. Yeah. That's quite a feat. It, it is, uh, and I have a listener for every year to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hey, guys, it's so good to have you guys back on after a pretty long. Uh, pandemic break but we got some new comics to talk about but um everyone doing everyone doing good everyone surviving out there in this crazy world the silence is it yeah yeah still alive (laughs) maybe we don't know how to socialize anymore (laughs) right (laughs) yep yep i've forgotten what human touch feels like Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many ways to go with that, and I don't know if any of them were appropriate. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing, the good thing though, is like we've been doing this like work from home podcasting for a long time. So like right. nothing's really. The only thing that kept us from podcasting was the lack, lack of books. Content. Yeah. 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 But now we got some we got some content to, to speak to, and uh, we will. So um, before we get into that, uh, I just want to give a without getting too uh, too mushy, just a very sincere uh, thank you to you guys. I mean, y'all have been a significant part of this eight year journey, and uh, just very grateful for all the times you support the show, come on the show. Uh, even before we weren't necessarily, you know, doing podcast stuff, just talking about comics and just giving me kind of another outlet to to find people to share my interests with. So, you know, you know, Dan and Georgie, and then a little bit later, Ian, you guys have been super important to kind of how I approach the show. So, I just wanted to give you guys a, a shout out, and and lots of other people too. But since you guys are here, you get the uh, you get the main credit. <laughs> but um, but That's yeah, sweet. Just, yeah, and just really appreciate, you know, kind of the family I've built around the podcast or, or because I decided to do the podcast. Um, you know, it definitely definitely opened some different doors and allowed me to meet some different people, uh, you know, among which are you guys, and I'm just very grateful for that. Oh, well, um, thank you. Am I supposed <laughs> to speak to all of it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I think... Uh, we've been doing this probably at least three, maybe f- maybe four years of of like constant 
maybe constant is the wrong word, but you know, kind of monthly podcasting with you. You've been so right. nice to have us on, and it's it's been such a wonderful. I, I don't want it to sound like it's an end because I hope this isn't like no, hey, no, I'm, I hope I'm, not. I want to keep <laughs> as long as their books come out, I'd love to keep us. talking about them with you. But it, this has been so wonderful to, to you know have this in my life for the past you know three ish years to just be able to come on and chat comics and it's it's lovely and and i agree it does feel a little bit like a a little family we have so it's yeah thank you so much yeah it, it was not it is nice especially after I, I left into comics and getting adopted by snickcast it was um <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lo- it's been a lovely no, that was and that was a straight rebound move on my part i was like scoop <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been fun and obviously allowing as to talk X-Men has always been a, a great thing because it's been the it's been the only sustained period in my podcasting life that I've been allowed to talk about mutants without being told <laughs> off. <laughs> That's funny. But thank you, I'll take credit for everything. <laughs> there you go. That's that's perfect. And thank you for letting my voice be heard. Yes, my my pleasure. Um it's been it's been fun, and there are times it's like, oh wow, eight years Wolverine, really? <laughs> but you know, as long, as long as other people keep coming on the show, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> so, I've heard enough cautionary tales from Dan to know it's not been good, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking, well, speaking of Wolverine, I know we're not going to specifically talk about that issue, but are you guys, I know initially, y'all were enjoying the uh, Dawn of X relaunch, are y'all still, I know only one issue has come out since the uh, the pandemic, but are y'all, are y'all still enjoying that book for the most part? Are you, are you still reading I like, it? I like how it looks. Um, I'm not massively down on its story, because it feels too much like an X-Force adjacent now in the last yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. But I really like I really like what is happening with the art, so I'll probably stay on, and hopefully we can get another a, a different story other than Wolverine is possessed, or, or Wolverine is controlled. <laughs> Maybe we can get, uh, Wolverine, Wolverine and Laura have a have a have a afternoon nap, oh, and nice. um, it's, all, it's all about Gabby for like yeah. eight issues straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you, Georgie? I know you were kind of kind of cheering it along with me at first and you still yeah. no, liking I, it? I do like the book. I um oh boy. Who's the, the writer who's doing this is also in X Force, is that what it is? Uh-huh. Yeah, which is yeah. weird because this book is I started calling it Superior X Force. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um like like Dan said, we it's kind of tropey to the Wolverines possess stuff. Like I don't whatever. Right. That that being said, I think you know the quality of the book is is actually quite nice, surprisingly nice, especially when you think about what the writer's doing on X Force. So right. I am enjoying the book. Uh, <laughs> it's not like the best book I'm reading now, but I'm like, all right. I, I, every time it comes out, I'm happy to get to read it. Very good. All right. I'll, well, I'll, okay. I was waiting for Georgie to drop. Uh, it's better than X Force. X Factor, sorry. <laughs> I mean, X Factor. Yeah, there'll be, I mean, there'll be plenty of time for that. <laughs> There's so much. I, I'll say this about X Factor before we get into it. Way better than X Force. Okay, <laughs> at least yes. got that going. Oh, for it. definitely, definitely. <laughs> at least it's better than. At least it's better than this shit. 
<laughs> well, what? Well, yeah. So what may or may not be, um, Hellions number two came out. I that's really all I have to say about that. Uh, any any just really brief comments on Hellions number two? I, I didn't. I liked Hellions number two more than Hellions number one. I don't no. understand okay. Wild Child. I really don't understand Wild Child as a character anymore. But right. maybe I'm maybe I've just. I feel like he's become Age of Apocalypse Wild Child as opposed to like. I'm pretty sure he talked and had real human feelings at one point, but I actually didn't mind it. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see where where it goes with um all the clone shenanigans and the and Madeline Pryor. I thought the uh, oddly enough, I thought the text piece about the conundrum of Mister Sinister's Marauders was the most interesting page in the book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was by. <laughs> I agree with Dan. This is like issue two is better than issue one. I felt like the artwork is even better. Um, I, I like the, the, the character, not like the actual character work, but how the characters look in the book. I think that's that's really well done art wise. Uh, story, I'm just like, is this, they just want to do a Suicide Squad kind of thingy. <laughs> and they threw right. Havoc in there for reasons. I don't know why we have to do the same old Havoc can't get over the, the trauma. He's going to turn bad again. Like, we've been doing that for the last decade. I'm kind of bored with that. Right. Um, but outside of that, it's fine, I guess. I, I wouldn't put it, it... It's not the worst textbook out there. Well, we're definitely selling it to Ian. He's nodding, at least. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think that book, you don't flip through it, look at the artwork, and then move on. Yeah. You know, I would say... I think the thing I would say about Hellions is... Um, Whereas like I'm struggling with X Force to really find any quality, I feel like Hellions has a certain quality. Like Hellions, I think is a book that is not necessarily badly done. It's just a book that's not for me. But I think I think there is an audience that could appreciate it because I think the art is you know pretty decent, and I think there are people who may want to read some of these stories. It's just not really what I'm looking for right now. I guess is the sure. best way to say that. It's not necessarily poorly executed. Which I think, you know, like we talk about X-Force, I, I think that book is just kind of mm-hmm. struggles to even find, or, or New Mutants also, uh, struggles to find like real direction or like execution. I feel like this book's okay. I'm just not that interested in it. I can't, I can't get I engaged like... with the characters. Like none of them like, draw me in at all. Right. I feel like um, uh, Hellions is what X-Force is wanting to be in the sense of it's a team of slightly darker characters doing the missions that well it's supposed to be it's supposed to be therapy isn't it but they're doing the missions that the other mutants won't do so i thought i generally thought that was the mission statement of x-force i'm so confused <laughs> i'm so confused what x-force wants to be right that it's just it, it doesn't make sense to me it, it wants to be like quasi horror story but without any stakes you know, thinking about <laughs> that and and Excalibur. Oh, did I step on on Ian? I'm sorry. Yeah, Think thinking about that book about Hellions and, and X Force and Excalibur. They all feel like books adrift, uh, like the right. uh, poor execution and not really sure what what they're trying to be. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's hard for other writers to find a, a foothold in the Hickman verse. That's possible. Yeah. They all, they all have mission statements, but they don't 
Oh, they had they they were told we were told they had mission statements, but none of the pages tell me that they have a mission statement. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, I guess the first book we're going to really dive into will be the conclusion of X Men plus Fantastic Four. Um, George, who who made this? Who made this finale? Who who made us read this garbage? Um, oh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, writers: Chip Zdarsky, penciler: Terry Dodson, inkers: Rachel Dodson and Ranson Getty. Color art by Laura Martin and letterer: VCs Joe Caramagna. I just uh, stopped and you. The, the I, cover is by the Dodsons. Go ahead, Dan. I thought, generally thought you said Inca by um, Dodson and Rancid. I was like, Rancid? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, ah. Roomy, 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 so ho. That's the Rancid song I know. Sorry. If you want, if you want a deeper <laughs> yeah, cut yeah. than that, you'll have to ask my 14-year-old son. Um, <laughs> apparently, they're making somewhat of a comeback. I'm, I'm not sure. Really? <laughs> I think just I think no I just I think 90s punk in general like is just it's kind of it's kind of hip with the the older middle schoolers younger high school crowd as as classic rock punk (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so but yeah uh, the cover I think is okay I actually kind of like the Dodson's Doctor Doom I'm not sure real real sure what Kitty's doing there Um, but so playing, you ever watch um, Whose Line Is It Anyway or some improv? <laughs> Will they have the one guy stand behind, stick his arms through the person in front of him's armpit, and pretend like, to have his arms? Yes, <laughs> that's what that's what Kitty's doing there. They're playing a little improv game. Georgie, you made this cover a thousand times better than it was two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Here, Franklin, let me give you back your powers. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of waving her hands around. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, so what? How, how does the story end, Georgie? Uh, with a thud. Um, so the where we left off, they were on on uh, in Latveria, and um, they were trying to to help Franklin. Uh, the X-Men discovered that Doom had put mutants inside uh, Doombots, and one had accidentally got killed. So it sort of uh, coalesced the the Fantastic Four and X-Men to work together to take down Doom. And during all this, Franklin is undergoing a procedure. Uh, the Doom is trying to restore his powers, or is he? Um, and just just a whole lot of nonsense in this book. Um, Unfortunately, we'll, we'll have like decent panels, and then we'll have panels that look squiggly and just, like zoomed out and just really poor. And maybe that's part of that is that the inker is someone else, but there's yeah. just like a lack of detail. It, the, the quality really like wavers as you go through the book. And you know the Dodsons, you can like them, you can hate them. They have a you know a very Dodson. Uh, Art style, um, <laughs> yeah. and 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 they live up to it in some panels, and they live down to it in other panels, and it's it's kind of a, I don't know about frustrating, but not an enjoyable read art wise. Um, but the teams uh, team up, uh, they rescue the mutants, um, and uh, they confront Doom, and Doom's like, "Well, get off my island," and then they leave his island, and uh, end of story. Franklin is removed from the procedure part of the way through, so his 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 um, powers aren't fully fixed. So, what really frustrates me about this book is they set up in Donovex like, "Hey, who's gonna who's gonna 
which family is he going to be a part of? What are we going to do with his powers? And then this book, they're like, oh, his powers are draining. How are we going to fix it? And they don't actually fix it. It's like a, four issues of nothing that lead to nothing. Uh, <laughs> like the status quo basically remains the same, except that Franklin's allowed to visit his friends during the day. Um, it was it was really like, uh, what, why did we have to read all these issues for really relatively nothing to happen, except for the final like four pages were interesting. Um, yeah. Because um, Reed had developed uh, some sort of apparatus that would mask the X gene, and he was using it on his son. Uh, you know, Reed can overstep uh, morality once in a while, or more than once in a while. Um, and uh, Xavier and Magneto confront him. Magneto, or Xavier removes pieces of his memory, so he will never be able to create this machine again. And he has this great sort of dialogue where he's talking to Reed and he says, you know, when we were part of the Illuminati, I would have erased the memory of me doing this to you, but I'm not doing that this time. Now you'll know this was me. I did this to you. Like, don't F with us again. Right. And that was, those pages were interesting. Yeah. And, and sort of actual conflict and pathos with the characters. But, you know, 20 pages before that were really just throwaway action garbage that led to nothing. <laughs> anyone else i you know i think along the way i was a little higher than you on this book and i'm imagining when we grade it i'll probably be as maybe a step higher but um i agree it gets really really messy i think the, the disappointing i think the common theme maybe between you and i is disappointment right uh, there's a lot of good ideas floated out and very few of them given real stakes uh, mm-hmm. There was a, a little more appeal, like the decision and the parental kind of trying to figure out where Franklin should be. I'll be honest, hit a little close to home as we're trying to figure out, okay, right. what's the what's the right decision to do with our kids? You know, for for all school this year, right? Like, there's sure. a whole lot of like conflict and and uncertainty and. You know what? How much decision do we allow him to have? You know him to have in this process. You know versus where we just kind of tell him what to do. You know, and that kind of balance of of conversation, but also you know, at the end of the day, having to figure out what's best. Um, so so that part kind of related to me, kind of almost coincidentally. That's probably me taking more from the page than is really there. I think on the page. Yeah, you know, there's an interesting, or could have been an interesting kind of conflict, uh, like geopolitically, with you know them kind of coming into Latveria or onto Latvian soil on this island, um, and just kind of having their own say in what they're going to do. But that kind of falls flat in execution as well. Um, I thought it was weird. I do really like the pages. But this is the first time Xavier's removed the helmet in Dawn of X, right? Or am I missing something? Not since he put it on. Oh, boy. Like, he removes it in another comic we're reading, but I don't know if this is the first time. Oh, okay. All right. Dan? Can you take it off? Um, Oh, God. He does definitely take it off again. Oh, God. Is it X-Force? Oh, Um, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Because I made the same kind of comment, like, why is that happening in this book? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so th- my same kind of thing. <laughs> but um, but no, I agree. Those last few pages are the most kind of story rich of the whole 
I guess, event? Are we calling this an event? A mini-event? A mini-series? Whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Dan, when you, when you kind of come down on, on this one? Harshly. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> essentially, what could have happened here is instead of four issues, we could have just had Giant Size X-Men, Franklin Richards. And yeah. done in an issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like the promise that Scott threatens in, in Hawks and Pox it's answered in the most fence-sitting way possible, yep. which feels like it feels relevant to today's society I suppose. There's a lot of middle-of-the-fence people out there. But um, it's very fence-sitting. It's very like wishy-washy with a definitive answer, which is fine, but there's this subplot of Doom putting mutants in robots, and he's made some sentinels, and then this is happening, and then obviously issue two, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men fight, and all this, and it's like none of this actually matters. In the grand scheme of Frank, none of it's Franklin's story. Franklin has no like control over his own destiny in this book. If it's supposed to be Franklin's choice, he doesn't really have a control until he's basically guilted into doing both. Um, and the only interesting is the threat, which we end on a threat which started the whole thing in the first place, which was don't fuck with us, Reed, um, which, which was essentially Scott's of. Um, angle and now it's just Xavier's angle and I, I just feel like condense all of this down into a really interesting I'm not going to say Hickman written but really interesting written book about um, them just literally talking it out would have been a far more interesting um, thing to see than like a mishmash pretend to be superhero slapping each other in the face just so Wolverine can pop his claws because he, so he doesn't feel inadequate <laughs> you know what I mean it's, it's it's disappointing, but it's also kind of like it wastes all of its potential as a story device. Right. Because um, I don't mind if Franklin picked his family over the X-Men or he picked the X-Men over the family. Either way would have been an interesting decision, but to sit down and go, he's doing both, makes it feel like it's a waste of time. Right. We just left where we are with the beginning with just a slight, slight change. Very right. slight. You right. know what? Was and, and what it does, though, is, I mean, I think the biggest part is still to the end, because basically, what, however this all plays out, like Hickman's overarching storyline, it kind of takes Reed out of the picture. Right? right. Like, he, like, everyone going, well, in the larger Marvel Universe, and the X-Men really did this, what if the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, like, trying to stop him or do something? And so we, I, we, we got one answer to that. Well, we can't anymore. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It is. It is. It feels just kind of, kind of lackluster. What? I, I, there is a little bit of like <clears throat> additional ideas that that might work, which is just briefly introduced by Doom, and and, and that is that uh, evolution isn't a physical thing. It's 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 mental capacity. It's intelligence, and so you could even have like a, you know, how will humanity evolve? Is it going to be a physical thing like the X Men believe? Is it going to be a mental thing like Doom is propagating? Or is it kind of like an anarchal um, way that the Fantastic Four operate, which is we do what we want to do? Like what is <laughs> – how will how will things – you know uh, how will these three different ethos work against each other? May, it right. may have been interesting. I don't think the book was even remotely uh, trying to uh, grapple with that. But I that just came to me like, oh, that could have been interesting as well to, to – have those three ideas like going against each other but uh yeah none of that is actually covered in the book 
<laughs> also, being wrapped up in, in Dodson's sort of um, Saturday morning cartoony style kind of like drains it of any kind of serious note in places. And the fact that everyone looks the same at one point, I was like, everyone is the same person, just with different right. colorations. Right. Because I think, I feel like, because didn't they, didn't they quit the Dodgers? Like, say, we're leaving comics and then they've come oh, back. All of I thought that was the Eminence. Um, the Eminence definitely quit, but I'm pretty sure the Dodgers were like, oh, we're having a, uh, maybe they were taking a break. I don't know. But pretty much their, their work was, I used to really like their work. And then, I don't know. There's, there's highlights. Change. Yeah, there's There's career highlights. And this wasn't it. (laughs) Right, right. All right, then. You want to read this sucker? Yeah. Well, I'll go first. Dan was talking about middle of the fence, um, or one of y'all was. Uh, I'm going to give it just a flat three out of six claws. It was really neither here nor there for me at the end of the day. I'll give it two because it wasted too much of my time. (laughs) Fair enough. That's tough, man. Like this is it's it's. I might be going with the two as well, and it it, it may not be as bad as other books, but I, it does feel like it's it's bad in its own unique way that brings it down to a two for me. Like I don't, I really regret wasting time reading <laughs> all four of these issues. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see if we all agree. Ian, well, Ian has no, Ian has something to say. Oh, yeah, go, yeah. The bullets. He dodged the bullet. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Four sure. bullets, to be honest. I mean, you, you missed yeah, all four of these yeah. issues. Right. I can put that time to good use doing nothing. It's still better spent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, well, on to a book that I, I am going to imagine we all like significantly better. And that's going to be Giant Size X-Men Magneto, number one. And Dan, who made this thing? Um, human beings. Um, <laughs> no, um, Jonathan Hickman wrote it. Uh, we've got Roman Perez as the artist, David Curiel as the color artist, um, Clayton Cowles as the letterer. Oh, sorry, VCs Clayton Cowles. Apologies. Tom Mueller as design, and the cover is Ben Oliver. And on the cover is our um, saviour, um, he was always right. This Magneto, um, grasping at his magnetic powers in a in a starkly blue fashion. Yeah, I he's like looking it. kind of crazy there, isn't he? <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, no, it's a nice cover. Yeah, I like this cover. You know, Magneto rides that line of ruthless. And heroic, and this really portrays that the personality trait really well. All right. All right. So, to boil this down to its basics, um, we start on a tanker filled with whatever those things are called that I've probably forgotten what they are now. Um, Shipping crates. Yeah. Shipping crates. And um, good old Magneto is just stood on the island of my phone, won't show me because it's cut it off. an island. That's all I'll just say about. <laughs> I love. I love digital. I love digital comics. It doesn't. It cuts half my thing. Bikinis. <laughs> the Faroe Islands. He's just stood there with some puffins. When this guy comes and asks him why, what he's doing, and he's just like, "I want to purchase your island because you know he collects them." <laughs> insert, insert joke. 
Um, and it's uh, we've got uh, the issue entitled Wait and See. And essentially, it is just Emma asking, after having a delicious dinner from a mutant chef, um, who apparently can make dirt taste divine, um, Emma basically is like, I want an island. And Magneto's like, I'll try and get you an island. And then it's just a lot of Magneto stood there waiting, setting fires, having fun, drinking with a guy who went to talk to the guy who owns the island, who just happens to be Namor. And so they have a tiny little tiny little um, discussion, and Magneto's like, Emma wants the island, and Namor's like, I love her, I want to get in her pants, you can have the <laughs> island, you've got to do something best. So they go randomly down into the dark depths of the ocean to find a giant Kufalu-esque door, which Magneto's like, should we open it? And Namor's like, yeah, go for it. Because some of <laughs> some, Atlantean, some some Atlantean scientists were lost down here. A giant kraken, because it is always a kraken. Even Namor says that. Um, attacks them, swallows them. Then they find these um, sexier versions of Ursula, the sea witch. Uh, and Namor. I mean, speak arrogant. for yourself, Dan. Ursula is, is definitely more of my my flavor. I don't know about you. <laughs> None of Sorry. my flavor. I was being kind. <laughs> but now we know. Now we know. You see, you can't get a good judgment from a gay. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Ursula definitely has more style. But anyway, um, Namor's all like, because th- these women are like, choose one of these items. <laughs> and um, Namor chooses chooses a shell, which um, because it has ties to the door, but it's it decides to Facebook him and give him an eternal kiss, essentially. And then Magneto, being the superior of the superior humans, a homo superior among them, decides not to um, have the shiny crystal and break it and says, there's a pedestal that was empty. It's the one I pick. And they're all like, oh no, and they all die. And then she's like, do you even care what this is? While she offers a random key, which is obviously going to affect Sword of X or whatever in a couple of fishies time. And... um, (laughs) The door closes. Magneto's like, "Can I have the island still?" And was like, "Sure, whatever." And Magneto uses the um, the tanker and all the metal to turn it into turn it all into a giant, spiry, beautiful-looking, random lighthouse outpost with a sentinel face. Um, plants a little gate, growing gateway. Emma's like, "Yay!" And then, quite rightly, Magneto's like, "What are you using this for?" And she's like, "I've just invited some people here. We'll see who turns up." The end. Is this how she created her her um, like island for for like? Do you remember in Marauders, each member of the Hellfire Club has like their own like base of operations? Is this how she created her own little headquarters? No, because her headquarters is in the bay, isn't it? Of actual Krakoa. This one's a completely right. Different I think okay. she's saying she wants she wants something else. Now that she's kind of seen how Hellfire has played out. She's like, I think I need another base. <laughs> One that's in like international waters that has is far away from Krakoa, but has a, a decent enough sort of area to be secure. I just like the fact that she just asked Magneto, can I have an island? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I love he's like, I've been collecting islands over the years. And I'm yeah. <laughs> that was really fun. He's always got an island base or an asteroid base or something. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> artistically i really love the color work it's 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 
Um, the one with the snow, that panel with him holding his hand out with the snow, uh-huh. is just is just the best panel <laughs> of of the whole book for me. But I really like the way it's coloured. Um, I'm usually a really big um, fan um, of, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the fact that they've coloured the eyes like a glazed over blue for Magneto and Emma because they look soulless. Um, but I think that he. The backgrounds, the backgrounds, the puffins, and everything else are much more distinct. And Magneto in just the helmet is much more distinct than the actual physical human beings and their faces. And I think that that's like makes it a stronger visual. Um, there are some odd, odd panels for me, like right. Namor's face. It's always a kraken. Um, right. Yeah. But he looks like a kraken. He's like mimicking it. This is my kraken face. Ah. <laughs> Because the faces remind me a little bit of East of West. I've forgotten the artist for a second. Um, not quite looking at me. No, no, I'm, I'm looking at you for inspiration. I think it's Trigger, but um, it, they they look different. They don't look like Perez, um, Perez's like art. But it, it does look a little different, like stylistically, for sure. Definitely, they look a little bit psychopathic in the face, a little bit here. <laughs> I think I think literally when he's got his helmet on and any of the backgrounds and any of like the there's like a real concentration on like coloring and just like making a really defined um, sort of world background world right which is kind of weird but I actually find this quite a fleeting issue because I know that people have complained about giant size X Men being kind of like not pointless but stories that could have just been a couple of pages in other books um and i don't know i just this just feel like it could have just been in marauders apart from the key you don't really get any insight into what anything to do with magneto especially to do with the island other than he just hasn't visited emma in a little while he likes good food and he'll do whatever emma asks him of clear the bill box and everything yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and like emma has a bit more of a spotlight here but everything's everything shrouded in secrecy i don't know i don't know if it worked for me hmm. that's fair it did work for me i actually enjoyed this quite a bit um the art is different from perez but i still liked it like the the scene of the kraken busting out of the door uh like you said curiel's colors are probably the main selling point visually um there's just some really really cool color work but i thought while it was, I kind of put it with the um, some of the other giant size. Like it's kind of been a little bit up and down, but like maybe not necessarily like these big important stories, but really beautiful stories. Like I just I thought visually is very engaging. Um, I really like the scene with the chef. Like the whole dinner scene, I thought just played out really well for me. Um, I mean, yeah, it kind of is much ado about nothing, but it was a very enjoyable read for me. And I really enjoyed just kind of flipping the pages, even right now. Again, just just having a lot of fun, just kind of looking at the different panels and, and then Magneto you know, building the island was was a cool scene. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, uh, I'm not going to try to give it more importance necessarily than it has, but it was very enjoyable for me. Yeah, I think in terms of importance, it's just sort of hinting at Things to come, <clears throat> it doesn't, you know, move the plot forward in significant ways. But, you know, I I enjoy when I can just sort of marinate in the characters, and I feel like we get to do that a lot with Magneto. 
uh, here and, and Emma slightly. And it's really the first time we've had Namor, uh, you know, dip his toe into the, the X-Men water since um, right. Hawks Fox. So it was nice to see, just just sort of spend time with the characters and, and see, not see what they're, what they're planning, but just see see what their minds are up to uh, on a I don't know sort of micro yeah. level here. Yeah. I, I I enjoy just like spending time with these characters and the artwork, yeah. um, especially the colors was amazing. We had a few wonky panels, but I think there's some great like all the crack and stuff is is gorgeous. All the backgrounds were uh, sublime. Um, I, I'm probably a little bit higher on this than, than you guys. I, I just enjoyed having 32 pages of uh, of Magneto just being being a Magneto. So yeah, I I agree. I think the the slower pace was actually a strength for this issue. Mm-hmm. See, I don't feel like I was with Magneto. I feel like I was just with panels of silence. Because <laughs> I don't feel like because it's called. Giant size. I think the problem with Nightcrawler was the same. Is it's called Giant oh, Size Nightcrawler, but Nightcrawler was hardly in it. Um, and this feels the same. It, it feels like you have basically the second in command, or third in command of Kokoa, to um, delve into his mindset, what he thinks of what's happening. You could have had it as I feel like you could still have a slow paced issue, but it to be a bit more about more than just him purchasing an island because it feels like it is actually more plot driven than anything else because it's like setting up blocks as opposed to was because obviously we're on two different sides of the same coin that it's lovely that they had a meal but that scene could have been a page of marauders and it'd be it'd be done in she just goes can i have an island and then like the next marauder <laughs> an island <laughs> you know what i mean and I do like seeing Namor, but I feel like even his his sort of all we get is Namor's an asshole, as usual, and he's arrogant enough to think that he knows the answer, as usual. Right. Um, but it was also, so, you know, during Hawksbox, he was like, you know, uh, I'm not going to help you guys until you grow up a little bit. And uh, here he's a little more amenable to like working with them. It shows a little bit of only growth in the relationship. Only he's constantly in heat. And the mention of Emma, was like, <laughs> I don't think, that, I think that's definitely part of it, but I don't think that was all, all of it for sure. <laughs> no, I, I, right. I don't. No, the issue is good. I just we'll we'll mark it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well, no, I, I, like, I like it when we disagree a little bit. Yeah, so, and it, you know, to see Magneto's patience, uh, you know, is a, a big, uh, strong point here. I, I feel like him just waiting on the shore for like, yeah, I know this is the right thing to do. And I'm I'm uh, I'm sure in my convictions, and this is I, I can wait. Namor is not going to you know out outdo me. I can outdo him. Like there's a sense of strength in him, just sort of being there alone, uh, with the resolve to get this done. I, I enjoyed that. It is also yeah, it's nice to see a patient Magneto apart from aside from the one that causes genocide and wishes uh, <laughs> his a lot to, to lose. All right then. All right. Well, Dan, I'll let you go first. What do you want to give Giant Size Magneto? The art alone gives it at least. I'm going to settle on a three out of six. Okay. What about you, Georgie? I, I think I, I like this a little bit more. I'll give this a four. It wasn't superb, um, but I, I really enjoyed this issue. 
Very good. I'm, I'm actually going to give it five out of six claws. I uh, was happy to have plopped my $5 down on this and to get the physical copy, and I really enjoyed reading it. So Nice. Ian, are you uh, looking forward to it? It's going to be fun. Well, no, you that can ex- see it. Yeah. See no, that. Actually, uh, that gives me um, some background, because when you told me like which books you need to read and whatnot, like, I was like, oh, well, Dan, why didn't you not give him Magneto first? But now that I know you weren't as high on it, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave it because he, he wanted to catch up with X-Men and he had a few issues, four issues of X-Men. Uh, okay. seven, eight. Oh. I was like, you moved oh, yeah. X-Men first. Today's been a very, very quick. Um, you read all of Cable, though, so that's all right. Yeah, I've read a lot of comics today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I thought you'd get, to be fair, you Giant Size was on the list. You picked X Factor over Giant Size because I said you just have to read one of them too first. Yeah. So he picked, he picked one of them. Um, oh, you definitely picked one of the more words, for sure. Yeah, you picked the one, the one that would put me to sleep. That's what you picked. Is that what happened? You started reading X Factor, you fell asleep. You didn't have time to finish reading. Is that what happened? All right, well, let's let's just go and officially transition to X Factor number one. Um, this one is, gosh, where's the title page? Um, Sweet number one, Prelude Aurora Moratorium. That's a mouthful. Um, the title's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, written by Lee Williams, uh, art by David Baldion, uh, colors by Israel Silva, uh, letters by VC Joe Caramagna, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover by Yvonne Chavrin, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, on the cover, we have a classic DNA double helix, and coming out on one side of the... Uh, Genome, is that the right way to say that? Is our, yeah, is our X Factor team uh, from top to bottom? We have Dokken, North Star, Polaris. Oh wait, Polaris and North Star—that's like the same name. Um, <laughs> we have <laughs> Ra- Rachel, uh, I Boy, and Prodigy. I'm your fire. I congratulate you. <laughs> I can I congratulate you, um, Jason, for not saying prestige. Um, yes, thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I pretend the prestige does not exist. Um, right. It doesn't exist. That's why it does not I, exist. I actually pretend that X Men Gold is a most part does not exist. Um, <laughs> all right. So in this book, we have a ghost of an image of a woman in a recliner falling down a black pit of water uh it's, it's actually a scene from dark water starring jennifer connelly and um <laughs> and it turns out it's actually a cup of coffee and we have jean paul with kyle in their christmasy kitchen i don't i don't think it's supposed to be christmas i think it's just supposed to be a hanging krakoa plant it looks kind of like mistletoe um but they're enjoying their their breakfast um but uh, Jean-Paul has a very distinct feeling that Aurora is dead. And of course, Kyle's like, oh, oh that sucks. Um, so then we go to the, the hatchery where the five are hanging out. Um, and we have lots of people like wanting to request 
resurrections, including Groot, I guess, trying to get a resurrection of Rocket Raccoon um, in the middle there. Um, but Northstar kind of shows up. He skips the queue, as uh, my friends from Scout Rose would say. Um, he cuts in line. Um, and, of course, the five are upset. Then he's doing this, but he's upset. They're like, they're not taking their job seriously enough or whatever because they're not finding a sister right away. Like, well, you have to prove that she's dead. Like, we have to have proof of death. We can't just resurrect people willy-nilly because then, you know, every time someone said their friend was dead, we'd have four different night crawlers because, you know, Wolverine got drunk or whatever. Um, and so... <laughs> So they're like, well, maybe Sage can help. So Northstar zooms over to Sage, and she's like, what am I, the data collector for all things for Cohen? Fine, I am. And then she says she went through a gate to Vancouver. And then so Northstar fashooms off to Vancouver. Oh, no, sorry. First he goes to the Tiki Bar, where Blob is the bartender. And he says, I got to go to Vancouver, but allegedly my sister was here. Did you see her? And Polaris is like, well, you're doing this all wrong. You need to investigate, not just run around all speedy-like. And he's like, okay, fine. Well, let's investigate. Uh, let's get some help. And then Dawkin, I guess, is just laying drunk on the floor, and he grabs Polaris's very stylish ankle. Um, by the way, she's looking more like her character from uh, um, a show that was on Fox, uh, Gifted. Mm. He's looking, looking more polar, uh, gifted Polaris, kind of a punky emo-y. Um, and then, uh, but they turn Dawkins down and say, go back to the set of Braveheart or wherever you just came from. And he's like, <laughs> cowards! And then uh, they fly off, and then um, Prodigy is reborn. He pops out of his exec. And then Rachel is struggling to get her... Uh, um, Warwolf puppy to, to go potty. And then Eyeboy is putting googly eyes on his Crocs. And then uh, they all come together and form a team to go investigate Aurora's death and determine whether she's mad or not. We're only a um, third of the way through the book. I'm already, like, bored out of my mind. <laughs> um, so then uh, they go to Vancouver. Eyeboy comes along for the ride. Uh, they go to the ho- I'm sorry, the motel. The motel motel where uh, Aurora was staying. Rachel uses her her power she got from her mom to kind of use psychic residue to recreate a mental scene. And we see that Aurora took a shower. And then she left. And then they somehow track her down to like this bridge. Uh, oh, there's a fun scene where Dawkins uses his pheromones to get... Um, the desk, the hotel desk or night watchman or whatever who has a crush on him, he's trying to get information. He doesn't actually get any information from him at all. Uh, in fact, he almost gets left at the hotel um, when his team tries to leave without him. But he realizes they left. They go to this bridge. Uh, I voice sees all these cards at the bottom, and they're able to pull up the one that's right. And the moment of truth, yeah, she's in the car. Uh, so then Northstar zooms off with her body and dumps it at the five's lap and says, here's your proof. Bring her back, please. And they're like, okay, yeah, we will. But do we know how she died? I mean, should we alert the X-Men? Or, you know, should we form an X-Factor team to look into this? And he's like, team, team. Oh, wait, I had a team. And then they all come in behind him and they're like, hey, we found something out. 
uh, Docking was able to figure out that, um, you know, there were other people at the scene of the crime. And, you know, we, we don't know why she died. We know how she died. Let's, let's try to figure out why. And they take it to the quiet council. And they're like, all right, we agree. We should investigate her death and make sure it wasn't a crime against uh, mutanity. And they're like, okay. Um, so Magneto's like, well, my daughter, you shall lead the new X-Factor team. And she's like, uh, no, thanks. I'll be a part of it, but I won't lead it. I think Northstar should lead it because uh, we have interchangeable names. And they're like, okay, that works. Um, so Northstar's like, I don't know if I want to lead this team. She's like, well, I can't lead it, but I'll help you. And then she goes, and she has like some scene where she's like in tune with Krakoa because of the minerals or something, and she builds a base. And they're going to call it the Boneyard, and that's where the new X-Factor is going to operate out of. And we have our team. And uh, they're going to investigate disappearances, impossible deaths of Krakoan citizens, and then forge events like these rumor scenes or something that is it's basically like an 800 like anonymous tip hotline, but it's plant based because we're on Krakoa. But then all these scenes like show up, and Northstar's like, "Okay, we got it." And then we see like the uh, the rules of resurrection amended to include X-Factor's place at the table. And that's that. Um, this is a chunky book. And I know Georgie did not like it. So, Do uh, you want to go first, Georgie, or do you want Dan to go first? Well, let Dan go first. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Ian go first. Okay, Ian, yes. We've done a lot of books we like, haven't got to talk about. So, Ian, Dan. go first. But sure, as someone wants, I will. Ian, what did you think of the art? Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed. Like, I thought it was pretty. I didn't have any like issues with it. I was like, this is quite nice. I'm enjoying this, and just enjoyed it as I went. Go flip through it. That's probably a good idea. Although there is one thing that bugged me the moment I saw it, and that is the first appearance of um, is it Eyeboy? One of his eyes isn't coloured in. Oh. That really annoying. Yeah, look, go to the panel uh, and look at his left shin. You'll see an eye that isn't coloured in. He literally stopped writing and, and, and reading and told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's funny. Okay. Maybe it's a random googly eye that fell off his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> but it still isn't white. What was the other thing you said about Nostar, though? Oh, yeah. What on earth is his power? It's, I had to... He's yeah. fast. He's really fast and he can fly. That's it, so, right? I mean, I'm not missing anything, am I? <laughs> I, I kind of... Well, he has... Any, for some reason, on, on the cover, he has like an energy fist. But um, I agree. I, I actually, when looking at the panels... Because when I explained it to him that he's real fast, you, it made sense to you. Yeah. But then you look at the art and you're like, actually, is it like wind power? Yeah, because... <laughs> until you actually get to the motel room, it just looks like wind. Like he just winds around. <laughs> I just farts, giant screams. <laughs> <laughs> fart power. Super fart power. There you go. Well, uh, in all fairness, I enjoyed it. And despite all the words, I actually enjoyed going through it. And I I just enjoyed it from beginning to end, really. It's always good to see Prodigy. And he, the fact he has his powers back is always a nice little... This book is going everywhere. No way I want to. Um, <coughs> it was just nice to see Prodigy have his powers back. And meet someone that I forgot existed which is um, 
Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. I'm not calling her over there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Don't worry, I also think it's stupid. You are a Young Avengers fan, so like, yeah. how did you make sense? Well, someone says Prodigy, I always just think, feel simple words because of Loki, young, gifted, and black. Yeah. Also, weird dog thing isn't really needed, but it's fine. Although, to be fair, I did love uh, the mother trying to drag their child through the portal. Right. Especially just when it basically uh, annoyed Rachel so much, just like, you're raising a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I enjoy a lot of the characters. Granted, I don't quite get some of them, but that I'll get more into later on, and if I don't understand them, then then I'll complain. <laughs> would you read it? Would you read more? Yes, definitely. And as a new reader, is it okay? Um, you may need some details filling in, so I won't say it's the best for a new reader. But like, I've never seen Arbor. I was like, why are the cars suddenly glowing? Um, um, and okay. Rachel explains herself, but Ivan was like. Okay, I just thought he had eyes, but clearly he's actually able to see other things. And until a bit further in the comic, it isn't actually explained. So it's like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking, literally looking at things. Right. <laughs> but most of the obviously, um, Nostar. Nostar. Like, I was like, what is his power? It's <laughs> fair. But yeah, on a whole, I enjoyed it, but it's not without its issues, I will say that. Okay. There you go. Very good. All right, Dan, are you gonna are you gonna bridge the two? Are you um, gonna be the bridge between Ian and Georgie? Or are no. you gonna be no? <laughs> clearly, clearly, Ian, clearly, Ian's opinion is the only one that matters as a new reader. Um, <laughs> all right, then uh, we don't need to hear from you. Then Dan, I guess we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has come with no baggage or anything to. Uh, um, I actually, um, I read it again today. Um, there are more issues with it that I have. It is chunky and it it moves its words around its mouth like a kid with a kid with a gobstopper. Um, <laughs> but it, it, ha- it does have issues with its dialogue. Um, I think that uh, we'll start with the script. I think Williams is the weaker link out of the two creative, the well, four or five creatives in this book. That's I, I, I think uh, Williams may be the, leak, the weakest link because I think I think I, I told I said this to Georgie I don't think they're characters just yet they're just um, different moods of of the writer yeah so they, they they all sort of sound the same but each one's on a different pitch this is Leah Williams when she's angry this is Leah Williams when she's flirtatious this is Leah Williams when she's <laughs> they all angry. have it just, just to agree with Dan really quickly and I'll let you continue they all have basically the same vocabulary like when Proteus yeah. is like dude come on it's like all right. She doesn't know how to write different people different ways. Because also, there's a weird moment where Proteus is... Because Proteus is Scottish, but it's linked to... Is she? He. Proteus. He? The, um, um, the guy that's purple. Yeah, but it's linked who, to Gold Balls, right? Right, yeah, yeah. There was a weird scene where Gold Balls talked like Wolfsbane. Yeah. Um, so it was so weird. I was like, Gold Balls is Scottish now? But... Um, <laughs> Oh, egg, sorry, egg. However, we want to. He did it. get a better name, even though it's still kind of bad. Gold balls are still better than egg. To be fair, the dialogue is pointed between their butts, so you don't really know who's talking. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 maybe it's their that. butts. Oh. It would make more sense <laughs> for their butts to be saying this than anything else. I think, I think the book has really clear, defined, and unique. Um, in the concept of Krakoa mission statement, I think seeing the five and the resurrection process, seeing that they're idolized, they're given trinkets, they're almost bribed to um, bring people back, uh, is a really interesting idea. Seeing that the Krakoa Council have done nothing, really, or just 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 given the people resurrection, but haven't really done anything to it and just left it to the five, and the five like, no, we actually need help. These are really interesting concepts for the actual building of the world of Krakoa. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a really good thing that she, she manages to hit. Like, that may not have been her before Georgie Johnson says it's Hickman. But um, <laughs> they are good. The, these are good, clear concepts for the book. It doesn't feel like X-Force. It doesn't feel like Hellions. It doesn't feel like Excalibur. It doesn't feel like books that are adrift without a purpose. This clearly has a purpose. I think the the, the cast of characters, they may all sound similar, but in different moods. Oh, an interesting mix of 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 mood of, of moods, um, <laughs> and I think um, that there's hints of playing on old X Men lore, like Lorna being captured by Kukoa all those years ago and having a life force being drained by it is probably a link to her talking to it at this at this present moment in time, being one of the only mu- members of of the mutantdom that has a direct link to Kukoa in that sense because she's fed it before. Um, and I feel like having uh, Dakin on the team as like as the Wolverine, essentially, yeah. but mm-hmm. as like a a hyper, not very nice Wolverine, and the fact that they all forget about him, it's kind of a nice joke if it if it <laughs> plays well. Yeah, it could be it could be a good joke if it plays well. Um, but it could also just become a redundant like uh, doing that joke again. Yeah, like, uh, and I feel like she needs to really define David. Um, apologies powers because his powers aren't super intelligence his powers are I absorb the knowledge of others and I think that's not that's not put across at all, oh, at all. Um, oh, and I forgot but, that so yeah that's a good you know, point and obviously <laughs> I, like, me, and, me and David quite well we've, we've all read Young Avengers but I, I've read um, Prodigy's in, Inception since like the original we make New Mutants in the 2000s so like it's annoying when he, he's just put across as smart because that's not, he is right. smart, but that's not the it's full power. thing. Yeah. Um, I think the plot's decent enough as a as a whodunit, but it feel, also feels like they just dropped the whodunit now that they've got her. her. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, we've got other things to do now. We don't need to. We don't need to solve this matter. <laughs> <laughs> we have other. We have other little globules floating around that we have to answer. And I generally thought that the next issue would be solving her murder with her resurrected. Which would have been an interesting mm, yeah. way of going about it. Yeah, hopefully but, they'll come back to that. And it's especially weird that North Star is like, oh, it's my sister we're trying to solve, but look at all these bubbles. <laughs> um, I think um, the script isn't weak. I think there's a lot, too much words, too much. People would love it because it's like a Claremontian gauntlet um, of words. But I, I think. What really does it for me is I really enjoy the art. I, I do like... I, George is going to talk about certain things. It's not his best work, and I think it might do, do the colour work. Because um, he obviously inked it himself this time around, it would look like. It's, it would seem like. And um, I generally really like the way it looks. I like North Star's really angular, gaunt face. I like how 
massive dakinis. He's like like a rest like a like a wrestler sized dude. When usually every time I've used to see him, he's like a tiny skinny right mini. And I just I think everyone's got like really distinct look and feel about them. I just think the color palette's a bit muted and doesn't really it doesn't really give a tone. Like the book doesn't have a tone yet. Like is it quirky? Because it's clearly quirky. But is it dark? Because we're dealing with this subject matter where we sit because the art's quirky but the color palette's like am i dark am i quirky yeah i don't know yeah. and, find and it does and, it, and like i don't i i appreciate that it's 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 a queer book and there's a lot of queer characters i do think the bisexual comments by dakin and at the beginning was a bit heavy-handed and a bit yeah. weird whereas the representation was more nicely put across in the comedy where he's flirting with the, the way he's pheromoning the guy up but right. on the whole i really enjoyed it and on the whole, I enjoyed it, and I'd, I'd read more. So, yes. Well, I I mean, a lot of what Dan says I agree with, but in, in like, a negative way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, oh, it is... It's, it's anti-Dan. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wordy, and you took the words out of my mouth. Even in my notes, I have, like, it's bordering on Claremontian proportions of, of like, dialogue here. You said that. You agree it's wordy. We all agree. They all. <laughs> it sounds like the same person speaking for every character, um, except for, except for when Emma talks. There was one line like, "Oh, this sounds like someone different," and that's the only sense of variety we'll get in the book. Um, I don't know if she was aware, like self-aware, that she was being too wordy, and so she had Emma tell her, "Hey, uh, move it along," or if that was just like her subconscious telling her, like, "Hey." We don't need to hear about my powers do this, so this happened. Um, I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, just so much on and on and on. Like, even when you were, you were, Jason, when you were explaining the book, so much to get, like, ten pages in. It's like, oh, geez, this is, you have to, like, I don't normally walk out of movies, but this is would be a movie I would walk out of waiting for something to happen. Um I do appreciate that all the characters get the same stuff, but hardly any of, any of them say anything meaningful. They're just like there to chime in a little bit. A lot of ideas thrown into the pot, and you know, I I feel like it does have a mission statement. I agree. All right, and, and this is setting up uh, the investigative team, but they drop the investigation that is kind of closest to North Star's heart right. uh, really quickly. Um. Things I did like, I thought Polaris had a really nice moment with Krakoa. Uh, I enjoyed her her talk with her father. Like to, to see her get some growth and some healing might be nice. I enjoyed you know the 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 moments that Dokken got the shine. Um, everyone else was like, "Why why are you here? You're not really doing anything." Um, and then artwork wise, I think this is where Dan and I really really differ. Uh, I mean, colors I agree they're kind of like muted and faded and boring. Um, and I was looking at his domino work, like Baldion's domino work, which I think mm-hmm. is, is outstanding. And there's a different colorist on there, which really makes that pop. Um, but that book also doesn't say who's the inker. And I don't know if Baldion was inking before and is not inking now or vice versa. But the inking here, it, like, re- I'm reading this digitally. And you can zoom in and see a lot of his, like, scratchy and almost looks, I don't know, unfinished. And there's a lot of missing inks. Uh, there the is. Mm-hmm. The, the colors are supposed to like show the different you know gradations maybe a little bit too much there's a little bit of detail that's left out 
like from 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 the inking side and all the scratchy outlines make it feel like rough in a way that isn't doesn't uplift his artwork like the way the reason domino stood out really well for me was it had those really clear dark like like black outlines it was his artwork's kind of cartoony and and to play into that really makes it shine where here it it feels kind of like sloppy and scratchy and especially anytime north star is moving fast and they have like the motion lines i'm like this looks this looks like uh it didn't look quite professional it looked like unfinished i i I feel like the artwork doesn't help this book to shine. So, I I want to say this completely and <laughs> completely in love, but I got really tickled because around the beginning of that, Georgie, it kind of sounded like you were cross-examining Dan. Like, did you not just say? <laughs> can I quote you? you said uh, Claire Montian. <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> but no, no, I totally am. Um, Okay. I, I think I think Ian wants to rebuke his art comments. Well, there is one thing that I would certainly have to say is um, motion lines. <laughs> are, are, uh, are pro or anti motion? <laughs> in this, I am pro because the fact okay, that cool. he is right. shows the fact that he's moving, and it's to be fair in the argument of how it's done. And someone that has to bloody learn all this because of bloody animation. <laughs> That's it. quite nicely done. And the fact that, um, say, for example, when he first flies up towards the five and just sort of breaks into, like, resurrect my sister now, bitch. <laughs> yeah. uh, the fact that the motion lines, it shows that he's both come up at speed and then suddenly stops as well with, the, with how the lines go from both ways. And, yeah, like, um, nice. It does. It does and, play into your wind power theory, though. He looks like a tornado. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the the panel way just swells into the bite. It just seems like it just just feel like wind there, but right. you also get this is motion in play. Yeah, I think it's unfair to uh, call this um, art. I think it's well thought out for sure, and, and every line means something. It's just maybe not everything hits. I can see that. I think it's unfair to call it unfinished or unpolished. Well, I, I, so I think Curiel, uh, colorists like Curiel and uh, Marte Gracia, who I think are kind of in the same school of color, you do see a lot where I don't know if it's something they ask of the artists or artists are trying to play into their strengths, but where stuff is not, where they use color as border instead of inks. So, I mean, I can agree with that comment for sure, Georgie. I think that's something. That is common when those two guys are coloring books um, to use color lines instead of inking. Um, and I don't know if that's something that, that they work out with their artists. I'd really be interested to hear some background on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me overall, kind of in the middle of everyone, um, I, I enjoy the concept. I thought the pacing. Maybe it's just too many pages for me to really get completely behind the pacing. Because it's almost like a double issue um, for the number one. And that's not that uncommon. But I think that maybe maybe hurt some of the, the pacing a little bit. But um, I thought overall uh, it was pretty fun. Um, if not at times tiring with the, with the dialogue. But um, I think I'm kind of, kind of in the middle. I, I enjoyed it. I'm interested to see more. I don't think it was stellar. Um, and I, 
but I, I am a Baldion fan, and so I enjoyed most of the art. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of in the kind of the middle. So I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to give this just a, for me. It was a nice, solid four out of six claws. I'm I'm almost wow. there. Um, I'm going to see where it goes next. Oh no, I, you're going to be way lower than me, George. I know just from comments. <laughs> I feel like you say you're in the middle, but I think Dan's going to come down with like a three or a four. You're probably going to oh. get higher. Both of them. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I thought you were going to say three because I was like, oh, I'll yeah. drop down on. I dropped down on a on a, a sort of just scrimping across the line four because the dialogue is quite a. I feel like it's not a solid four. It's a I'm on a plank and it's going to fall. Four. <laughs> Fair um, enough. All right. <laughs> So, so Georgie and Ian, I, George, I tried to combine y'all's names. Um, Georgie and Ian will Georgian, be our two. Uh, very... uh, <laughs> Georgian. The Georgian era of the podcast that goes next. Um, <laughs> y'all will be our opposing goalposts. So, uh, I'll let y'all decide what order to go in go our, high, our highs and our lows. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Georgie? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'd actually, and dare I say here, five out of six. Because one right. of things were actually, it wasn't perfect, and there is issues, but there's still room to grow and correct them along the way. But for what, from all the comics I've read today, it is the one I've enjoyed the most. <gasps> that includes right. four issues of X-Men. That is insane. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, Ian, you do you, man. <laughs> don't don't let best. them discourage you. <laughs> it's not the best. It has issues, but <laughs> there's just something I enjoyed so much about reading it, and I can't put my finger on what it is. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. You just I, I... read X Men Seven, Eight, Nine, and Ten. This is a good, this is a decent book. I am I uh, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Counterpoint to Jason. Let us discourage you. This is. <laughs> I'm going to have to say something which may shock you further. Yeah. Remember what happened in those issues? Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I can't remember any of those issues I just read. There wasn't really anything that jumped out at me. <sighs> this, however, did. But you... Oh, my God. You see, it was really nice watching him read because he goes, he chuckles and smiles and smacks. And he did that with every single issue. Yes. Yet, yet his scores do not, do not align with anything. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the only the only explanation I can come up with is that Ian has transformed into a coffee based life form and maybe that is why the <laughs> scores have been altered. That, and that, let's be honest, the only one that'll get their score on a cover is Ian. So um, <laughs> to be fair. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm coming down on the other end. This is a two for me. Um, I don't. Uh, I I think the first time I read it, I might have been even a little bit higher score. Um, but this, the more I talk about it and 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 delve into it, the less I like it. I I I think there's there's two two big reasons. One, I don't think the artwork is, is very well done in in pencil. Well, pencils may have been fine. We don't know. Uh, but with inks or colors, and I, you know, this is just another um, reason why I, I feel like Leah Williams has trouble writing a team book. She, everyone sounds like the same character. 
um, where I feel like I've, when she does solo books, I enjoy them more because it's just focusing on one person. So uh, this was this was not a great issue for me. Uh, I'll keep reading, um, and maybe it'll get better. But uh, yeah, two. All right. I'm actually. I'm, I'm excited. I, I think this will be a fun book to kind of continue our coverage on because we're so different, kind of across the board. And, and even I apparently talked about it differently than I scored it. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see how we continue to progress as this book goes. So I think this will be a fun one to kind of kind of keep tabs on who moves up, who moves down, what does the book do kind of out of the gate. So, yeah, that's fun. All right. Well, um, we finally get our second issue of Cable, and I forget who I gave that to. Is that you, That's Jordan? me. Yeah, okay, I got cool. Cable. All right. Let me pull it up really quick. Cable number oh, two. I feel like the title of this issue, though, is talking to the last issue. It says, don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> <laughs> um, writer is Jerry Duggan. Uh, artist is uh, Phil Noto. Letterer VC is Joe Sabino. Design Tom Muller. And cover by Phil Noto. Uh, objectively, objectively, uh, the artwork in this book is better than uh, what we just read. Um, I, I, I think Phil Noto. Uh, I feel like can... someone's going to disagree. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we, we, we know that he's the coffee-based life form, and, and thus his opinions <laughs> don't matter. Um, RCBL. Is that what cable stands for? Coffee-based life form. Yeah, cable. That's what cable yeah. stands for. CBL. <laughs> <laughs> what so on the cover we've got cable holding um uh the sword that he found the first issue that's one of the um space knight swords right yes yeah uh it's kind of like a old-timey sci-fi pulp fiction not not pulp fiction but like pulp science fiction book cover it's not a lightsaber it's a laser sword oh god <laughs> um, and he's got like his the, the the cuckoos around him. Some who are super into him, and some who are like so so over him. And I, I think the uh, the expressions, Phil Noto's great facial expressions, and, and here uh, all the different cuckoos look uh, look <laughs> you know different different levels of engaged and, and upset. Uh, I, I enjoy this cover, even if the background is just like let's throw some pink on there. Hey, pink's in style this year. It's on point. <laughs> I. I like it. It's it's John Cable of Mars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like two things about it. Um, well, besides all the stuff that Georgie just mentioned, so I like a lot of things. But two additional things. I like the uh, I like the lightning logo, like the '80s kind of Tron-y, um arcade falling apart logo. And then having just read Wolverine number three, where the uh, Cuckoo Sisters are like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna manipulate Quentin by flirting with him, but you gotta promise to set us up with Kid Cable. And this is kind of the payoff of that. So I just thought it was a nice little kind of either writers working together or just a massive coincidence. But either way, it was fun. I like that, Ian. What do you think of the cover? I think it's parody. See, <laughs> you say you say pretty or parody? Parody. <laughs> it is parody. both. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's really nice. And to be fair, I think, dare I say this, I agree with Georgie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you See, get like a blood transfusion in between this? Going. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so this book, we start off with uh, a mutant couple in the suburbs arguing. I don't know who these two characters are. Do you guys? 
No, I believe they're, they're, yeah, yeah, I think they're just random. Okay. Mutant, so I, I mutants, here, but yeah. wanted to double check. Uh, so they're arguing about should they go to Krakoa or stay here, and then they realize that their their son has been uh, stolen, and thus Cable comes into the, the forefront to investigate, and we get some like funny funny moments of Cable being interrogated uh, by some Philly cops. Who are like, yeah, we, we only agreed to take this meeting because you got a step eye and I wanted to see it for myself. So. <laughs> um, and then we see Cable's going to investigate, and one of the cuckoos is there, and he's dating all of them, which is hilarious. Um, I love that Phil Noda will throw in these like hearts around people when they kiss or fall in love, like these yes, that's things a great that page. may not be traditional comics and don't necessarily vibe with what he's doing the rest of the book. You're like, all right. <laughs> Oh, I love it. He's just like this one. This one panel. I'm gonna overtly show it. Um, and uh, this, this, like Duggan is also doing Marauders, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it, it's pretty clear that his sense of humor. Uh, I think he did he did Dare, uh, Deadpool for a while as well. Like he's yes. he, he really knows how to marry that the humor and action and, and character moments. And I, there are great parts here where Cable's a little anxious because the other cuckoos. Is, might be like talking about him behind his back, or and and then the next page we see them laughing at him and they're, they're talking about how they're going to break his heart. <laughs> it's just fun, fun moments. Uh, the space knights show up and they realize that Cable has the sword they're looking for. We get some some delicious um, uh, action panels. I love the three uh, beams of light crashing through the house and and blowing it up. Um, some silly. Uh, I, I feel like they were our, our heroes were defeated, kind of. Easily uh, was a little disappointed. Uh, the action ended, but they're defeated. And then we, we cut back to the police with, with Cyclops showing up, and the police are like, "Hey, you got an eye problem too? I guess it runs in the family." <laughs> and they're like, "You know, we got this. Why don't you treat yourself to a, a, a cheesesteak?" And it didn't catch this at first, but the next panel, he's at home with cheesesteak. I'm like, oh. <laughs> the interactions with Emma and Scott, like sort of. Uh, you know, uh, weird kind of lover's quarrel, perhaps, and uh, talking about uh, how Emma doesn't want Cable to break uh, the cuckoo's hearts, except for Esme, and he's like, please, please make sure he breaks her heart. <laughs> like, <that was> great. <laughs> um, and then we get to uh, Days of Future East of West with uh, <laughs> Old Man Cable riding a, a robot dog, and you know, we had hints of this in the first issue, and we could see him. You know, some for some reason he was in space doing something uh, to be continued. I I really enjoyed this book. Uh, not a whole lot happens plot wise. Uh, that was fine because the character moments are great. The art was spectacular. It was fun and funny, and there was you know moments of emotion. I thought uh, I said this to Danny either uh, earlier, but this book is is way better than it has any right to be. You know, yeah, you, you sure. put the right creatives on a on a character, and they can make them shine. So I I just love this book because this this character this Kate Cable character came out of the gate so terrible, mm-hmm. and this book is so good, and it makes no like it really is just a testament to the creatives that they just took this kind of shit concept and turned it into pure gold, and it's. At least so far, right? We're only two issues in, but so far, just just a marriage of creative wonderment that has made a book that I think Georgie, you nailed it. Just way better than it should be. Ian, Dan, what um, are you guys thinking? Um, 
sorry, some weird technical thing with our heaters just happened. But um, yes, anyway, um, uh, I think it's great. Um, it, it, it's really beautiful to look at. I think it's really fun. Duggan is the um, sort of understated ruler of Krakoa outside of Hickman. Um, he, <laughs> he's made Kid Cable, like Jason said, he's made Kid, but Kid Cable into an actual character that you can sort of have fun with and want to see his adventures. I think it's just really simple and much like you guys with Magneo, it's just nice to percolate with the um, these groups of characters while things are actually happening around them. So, yes. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll admit, I was unsure how I felt about the art at first, but I can't deny it is pretty and lovely. But I think it's just the typical thing with me, which is adjusting to a new art style. Sure. I would take me a moment, and then I'm just like, I don't know how I feel. Then that's me fabulous. I'm like, it's lovely. Look, <laughs> 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 with that being said, out everything in this, it all looks fine, apart from the very last page, which to me, looking at, it, I was like, is this page half done? The the tower. The very last page with yeah, all yeah, ta- yeah. open the tower, and look at the robotic dog. It literally looks half-assed. Which, compared to the rest of it, it's just a massive disappointment to that, be, that to be the one thing that it ends on. Maybe he doesn't like Old Man Cable. But then why do the rest of the panels? I don't know. It's literally just... <laughs> it's just like, oh, and I've lost the will to do anything good. <laughs> Deadlines, man. Deadlines. You just... Look at that. Actually, yeah, zoomed in. That does not. Oh yeah, yeah. That last page, you're like, really? Is this okay? And there's one building in the background that's just a a hollow square or rectangle. Yeah, there's just a black rectangle on the horizon line for no reason. Literally, look at it. It's just listen, listen, hate there. This page should have just been left out, or it should have been not done or left out because it does not belong there. So it should have been Phil Noto with a close up of Admiral Akbar going, It's a trap! (laughs) (laughs) It just, it feels half done. Like they didn't get time to finish it, and it's like, Oh shit, it's going to have to go anyway. Like it's still the sketchy page, and it's sort of refining it still. It just, everything else is great though. I can't deny that. It's just that one page just was like, Oh well. Sure. But I did enjoy it throughout, to be fair. All the little comedy moments and everything. It's all just, it's, it is a beautiful little comic. It's just that last page just destroys my soul. <laughs> Aw. All right. Well, I'm going to give this a, a pretty high five out of six claws for cable number two for me. Who wants to chime in? I'm giving it five out of six. Georgie? Yeah, this is easily five out of six. Like that last page, I mean, it's a valid criticism, but to me, it's like, whatever, it's just a preview for what's happening next. It didn't really affect <laughs> any, any of the other artwork. It's just like, all right, whatever. I, I don't even need to remember it. Uh, I think the artwork is so gorgeous and uh, it's such a fun book. Easily five out of six. If it wasn't for that last page, I would be agreeing with you all. Oh. But I'll be going far. See, yeah. that's because that broke it for me. It took me out of everything. Yeah, but, the last, the but, last bite's an important bite when you're, when you're, yeah. 
Okay, well now we're going to kind of avoided it so far, but we're going to move into Empire. Um, before we jump into X-Men number 10, uh, for those of you that have read, what's everyone's kind of general take on Empire so far as an event? We've had you know, several issues, if you count all the tie-ins and stuff. I don't know how much everyone's read, but any any thoughts on Empire in general? It says a lot about an event when a random tie-in does more for its enemy as a character study than three of the main actual <laughs> issues or the preludes because Hickman's M- X-Men Empire make the Kotati seem like a really interesting, silly, bizarre race, whereas in the other one it's just wet evil. <laughs> um, it's terrible, by the way, if you wanted to... Aww. A true analysis. Right. I'm kind of yeah. liking it, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a podcast of of differences right (laughs) (laughs) what do you like about it jason the event um i don't know i think i want to want to give the asterisk right i have in my so i've been doing well really i guess what a year and a half two years ago started i'm probably longer because it's probably insane to think i've read that much um i started with um fantastic four number one and then just kind of reading everything on that's on Marvel Unlimited. So I've done all the 60s, and I'm about halfway through 74 um, in my 70s reading project. So I recently read, like, where all this story kind of started uh, with the um, Celestial Madonna storyline with uh, Steve Englehart and his Avengers run um, in the 70s. And really enjoyed that story. And I don't know, I feel like it's a... A, a strong-ish adaptation, and plus, I think the art in the main books has been gorgeous. Um, I mean, I am unabashedly a Pepe Larraz fan, um, and you know, R.B. Silva doing the Fantastic Four book—I love that as well. Um, I don't know. I just, to me, it's been a nice, fun event. I mean, I think it's, it's better than some of the events we've had, you know, like Civil War Two. <laughs> Um, it's actually benchmark, then yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, if that's the basement, then yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, don't, I don't know. I just I think visually it's been pleasing, and because I am kind of becoming familiar with where it all kind of stems from, is mm-hmm. interesting. Kind of coincidence to read along with this at the same time. Sure, I think the art is definitely the strongest part of the the, the main book. Uh, I think. I, go ahead, Dan. I think some of the tie-ins are way stronger yeah. than the actual main um, thrust of it. I do think it's a bit of... It just feels like a lackluster story. It's like, let's go help these plant people who are clearly evil, but we'll pretend they're nice, but they're clearly drawn evilly, and they're evil. <laughs> and it's like, well, we'll just help the Korean schools, because they're not evil, but one of them clearly is evil, and, oh, it is evil. I, I don't know, it just feels like... <laughs> it's really... I assume it'll please a crowd, a certain crowd, but I don't know. I feel like um, I said this, maybe I'm too close to it because with Hulkling being the leader of, 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 of an entire like dynasty of alien races, I feel that's a subject matter which really needs some um, thought-provoking writing about, not just he's useless. That's fair. Um, no, that, that's fair. That's, that's definitely fair. I think... Um, no, I did enjoy, uh, uh, 
I guess there's his own tie-in, uh, the Lord that Lord Hopeling or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was I thought that was very well written. I enjoyed that, but I was biased because it was it it, it gave us good rep, good good representation. Yeah, no, totally, totally. But we're um, still not allowed to stay together. So, yeah, <laughs> Marvel's decree that we all must split up, all as gays must must not be in relationships. Oh <laughs> no, that doesn't bode well for X Factor. Oh. Um. <laughs> I mean, are any of them in a relationship? <laughs> well, uh, Northstar is still married to his. I guess Kyle is allowed on Krakoa because of the marriage. I didn't really talk about that. Yeah. Well, Megan's allowed on as well, isn't she? Megan and oh yeah, she's not. Yeah, she just has other other powers. I've got Kitty to sneak on. Kitty just sneaks them on. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's an interesting thought. Like Megan is like what half elf, sort of uh, other 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 dimensional. I I wonder how, and this is a, a different topic. But how do how do the mutant nation state feel about powers that aren't you know, people who aren't humans, uh, you know, uh, like for, uh, or the star jammers ever come to visit. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Definitely, someone should definitely pick up that button, you know, in one of the books that have nothing to do, but still exist. I think, I think X-Force should left turn into, what do we do with the, the kind of, mut- the quasi mutants? <laughs> yeah. Citizenship. It should be a political book about citizenship. There you go. Wolverine, Wolverine is an inf- <laughs> it just goes around as a as a as a yes man. Yeah. Right. I need you to fill out this form. <laughs> he's, he's he's doing the census. <laughs> Can you uh, snick hey, here hey. if you're Latina? Snick right, here right. if you're. <laughs> hey, we joke. Better book than current X Force. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> All right. Well, X Men number ten is the uh, first of the Empire oh, tie. Uh, oh, I guess that is. Did, what did you think of the actual Empire X Men? Oh, like, we need to oh. like go deep into it. But I, I thought that was a, a really nice addition. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Ian will be reading it later, I think. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> yeah. kind of mix. So, like, I, I, you know what? I, I, I think it's. You know, in a couple of pages, did more for Scarlet Witch and the actual consequences <laughs> of her character than a lot of people over lots of pages of kind of nothing. So no I enjoy one, that. No one has ever touched that. Like, or it's just been kind of brushed under the rug. Like, oh, I did this. I'm sorry. And yeah. this uncanny, uncanny Avengers tried, but they only had Rogue as a voice of dissent. Everyone else was like, she's an Avenger. It's fine. Right. But she millions of people. Right. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought and those are some really good pages. And I will say it took me a minute to kind of get into the art, but once I did, I was like, okay, I'm digging this. So um I do like the idea that uh, magic makes it seem like Angel and Monet are redundant. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I look forward to reading that. <laughs> She's right. so stylish with her glasses. Yeah. Oh god. Right. I need I might Excuse me, I'm just going to run away and go read this now. <laughs> <laughs> We've read this one. We have to talk about this one first. Yes, yes. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, art by Lino Francis Yu. Colors by Sunny Go. Letter by uh, VCs Clayton Cowles. Designed by Tom Mueller. Yu Go does the cover. Um, though I got the Phil Noto cover, which is Jean's mask and Cyclops um, goggles. Hmm. 
uh, wrapped up in crinkled vines is beautiful. But then you right. cover just kind of a group shot of them on the moon, right? I think. Yeah. Before we get deep into it, can you guys let me know who who are? Um, no, I cannot. Who are the no. playmates here? Yeah. No, I don't know who they um, are either at the the Summers house. Dan, do you know? They're the, yes, they they are Ed Brubaker's X Men, the Deadly Genesis mutants that were <clears throat> when Kokoa oh. first hit, took it. So um, they're the other people with Darwin and Vulcan. Yep, they're the other okay. Petra and Ray. Okay. There. I forgot all about them. But if you look sense. at the cover, it's essentially a Summers brother and their harem. Uh-huh. So you've got Cyclops, yeah. <laughs> Wolverine, and Jean, and then you've got um, Vulcan. I don't even remember what Vulcan, Vulcan's real name is. It only says Vulcan in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Jerome, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, it's me, Jerome Summers. It's, it's something <laughs> much more bland. It's like Simon or something like that, or, or Fred. <laughs> it's it's like Fred Summers. Well, I know, but it's Simon. <laughs> Simon Summers. <laughs> From now on, he is Simon Summers to me. <laughs> oh, Simon Summers. Simon, pick up your room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So I won't lie. I forgot about Ed Brubaker's characters there. Mm. I have not read... Gabriel. It's Gabriel. Yes, Gabriel. Um, I have not read War of the Kings. Right? The one where Vulcan and Black Bolt fight, and that what happens? Isn't that a story? Yep, I've seen that one. I've seen yeah. that one. Yeah, I've read that one. Yeah, I've not read that. So I, this book has me at a disadvantage because I don't really know what's going on with anybody. Um, but basically, and I'll let Dan kind of chime in as he wants to, but, but Vulcan wakes up from a bad dream with what may be the Kree Supreme Intelligence. It's a little bit different version, so I could be wrong. Um, or maybe something from that War of Kings book that I didn't read. But there's aliens and they plant a fire seed in his chest. And he wakes up. And he has two girls that like to drink. And then Dan knows who they are. And then um, he takes a walk on the moon. And he sees the new Kotati uh, garden. And he shows up. And they're not happy to see him. And they fight. And he blows everyone up. And But then they plant a plant in his face that uh, brings his true nature out. So he's like, oh, I'm mad. And then... Um, we find out that Scott left a note for him that they were going to go to uh, Chandelar. That's the, that's the Shi'ar capital, right? And so uh-huh. they go there, and they're on a space beach um, with Rachel, Kid Cable, Gene, and Scott with the Speedo. And I guess is that Logan in the chair in the back? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah with sideburns. And the Kotati R, they blew up our moon base. Let's destroy Krakoa. So, if you didn't give a crap about Vulcan before, you won't give a crap about Vulcan now. Um, <laughs> but that's that's weird because he wakes. Gone. Ever since Dawn of X, I've been like, oh, they're bringing him back, and he's kind of like an oddball. I've, I've been kind of been into him, like the little pieces that we've had. Yeah, like it's interesting to bring him back after everything he's done. But then I suppose Sinister Apocalypse and a lot of other murderers are just sat on the island having tea with each other. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, but he wakes from a dream where he's inside what it was called the vault, which was a tear in space 
time and reality that him and Black Bolt created in their final conflict. So that's what okay. he's floating in. And those okay. panels actually mirror the panels that you see in one of the uh, sequel series is to do with um, Black Bolt, where he floats like that as well. It's like an actual mirror image, and also a mirror image of when Gabriel was floating like that before in another book as well. Um, okay. That is like a, that vault place went into a, pl- a place called the Cancer. This is too complicated. It has nothing to do with these aliens, <laughs> but it was, it was a time space rip. Mm-hmm. that um, allowed it to like transcend different realities and they thought those people were lost forever inside those inside the vault uh, I think it's called the vault inside the space anomaly and clearly they weren't and obviously Hickman's added the idea that some aliens took him while he was in that reality the supreme intelligence is a bit of an oddball because he went to as, as the supreme ruler of the Sh- uh, Shia he went to war with everyone um, specifically the Kree so maybe it's a representation of his enemy, perhaps. But um, it's weird to see because he was, when he was resurrected in the Rebecca run, this is a lot of information um, just to get, get to where he is psychologically. He actually had everyone in his head, like when he was resurrected. When they died on Krakoa, like they fused inside his mind and made him go mental. Hence why he went on like a rampage, killed Banshee with the Blackbird and just did whatever he wanted. And then he became just pure evil for pretty much his entire like story arc until he was done away with. And now he's back being nice, which makes me think that he's got blockers in place, which links into Hickman's ideas of tweaking their psyches while they're being resurrected. Right. And the, the story, the main story point here is Hickman saying the Katati have unlocked Emperor Vulcan, which is a very big problem. Well, are, are these the Kotati that, that have him here? Yeah, uh, the, 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 not the aliens. aliens with the fire, but the ones he's fighting on the moon are the Kotati. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, the Kotati have unlocked the, 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 that side of him, but also the fire that's inside of him, which Hickman's just, just created out of nowhere. Um, which will be interesting to see going forward. Like, is he going to be mental... So- I'm really the the part that is confusing to me are who are these three aliens that have like sort of ripped him open like a puzzle piece? They are literally Hickman's creation. Either that or I missed oh, something okay. somewhere. Okay, just want to make sure because they just seem to have come out of nowhere and they all speak Hickman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to me, this this and, feels and, and, like like hints of an upcoming event sort of thing. Yes. Right? right. But on the whole, I thought. Katati stuff and the sort of teasing, like Hickman teasing my ball bag with new with new story ideas was good, but I'm I'm really to be honest, those characters that Brubaker made are complete blank slates because they die pretty much in the like a couple of panels. So, but I'm like, why are they both just really like alcoholic? Yeah, alcoholic <laughs> and kind of like. Beach girls or something? Right, they right, right. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe they're traumatized. Maybe they're just traumatized from all the shit that's happened to them. But then they could just be like, um, sweet, bro, just delete all this for me. Yeah, true. It feels like they're you there were... to, to drink away, just like him, drink drink away his problems or drink down the bad stuff. I, I feel like it's a good fit. It does feel like a bunch of people you'd see on Venice Beach before the before COVID just like, <laughs> beach, beach, beach babes who just want to hang out and have some margaritas early in the morning and 
enjoy their their rich lives. Because I really do like the idea that Scott left him behind. Because it really because that's like an interesting character development. Because obviously you're not going to bring the guy who used to rule with an iron fist um, all of the Shi'ar space back to, to once they finally expunged him from their empire. Maybe you just turn a few heads. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Scott's still trying to try with him and be nice. Um, but it clearly is just set up for him to just like pop his cock at some point and go nuclear on the moon um, <laughs> at some point. Well, get rid of the humans for you, Dan. You'd be happy. Yeah, he could kill more in humans. That'd be all right, wouldn't <laughs> Artistically, though, this book is lovely. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Definitely. Didn't you say earlier we were talking that you thought X Factor's art was way better than this? You 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 said that. I still, uh, yeah, I, still, I, I I agree that I still agree with that concept that I preferred X Factor's art to this. But I'm not. I've never been a massive View fan like you two. Yeah, yeah. I like his art, but I'm not like obsessed. However, his space when he doesn't have to draw too much sometimes it really works. I think when it gets into the action sequences, it's a little bit messy here and there. But I think like this the solitary walking and like the. The, the sense of nothingness in the panels where he's alone on the moon or when he's stood next to that giant beautiful it that the herm which is like a giant beautiful flower right um i think there's some real great sense of loneliness that the art infuses yeah. into the book yeah uh, i think it's, it's great i love the final Overall. or not the final page but the page with the, the summer's clan on the beach and how the the ocean almost just like fades into the space above them right yeah that's pretty cool mm. I do like their um, costumes are color color appropriate to who they are <laughs> as characters. <laughs> Jason, what did you think of this book? You've been kind of quiet. Um, it was fine. Um, it took me. I, I know Dan apologized for how extensive his review was, but it's actually quite helpful because I I was a little bit out of it just trying to figure out like, okay, well, what's how did we get here? Like, I don't really understand like why he's so, I don't know, fragile, <laughs> but, but that makes sense though. If you know, it's more of his history. Um, I, I do agree. The art was pretty nice. Um, I like the idea that it's a fine story. I mean, him kind of going off and we understand that there's some dark secret has been let out of the bottle and, you know, how are we going to get it put or are we going to get it put back in the bottle? Like all oh, that's interesting concepts. I just I had a hard time getting invested in it, um, so it was it was good. I mean, it's solid writing. It's, it's a very well put together comic. I'm just not sure it really hit me in any specific place um, as far as any kind of emotional impact or anything. Hmm. I don't know why this one really really spoke to me. I I, awesome. I don't know why Gabriel has been a character that before Dawn of X I had no interest. I thought it was a stupid idea. Oh, there's this third Summers brother and blah, 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 <laughs> you know, uh, okay. But, like, actually bring him into the fold and him, like, this family caring about him and, and he's kind of a weirdo and he's got this crazy power set and there's this mystery behind him and he's, he's hanging out with these weird people who are just trying to drown away their sorrows daily with drinks. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's something, I don't know, ethereal or there's something... Uh, it's hard for me to describe. It's just sort of pulling me into this. And I think part of it is I really do like Hugh's artwork. Uh, I love sort of the gritty 
it's not like gritty and like blood and gore and stuff, but it just I don't know. It feels like a little bit rough and in in uh, and, and I like that. I, I like the thin pencil lines and the, the thin inking, and I I really do feel like the you does great uh, pain and 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 anger in his faces. So uh, I I just enjoyed this for what it was, and um, I think I probably liked it than 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 the rest of you. I've I've been much higher on you with this, the other issues than you guys have as well. But uh, I enjoyed this like one off. Hey, well, let's see what Gabriel's up to, and. Uh, as far as the quote-unquote tie-in, I thought this was, I don't know, one of the better things you could do as well. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, but after realizing it wasn't just me that was like, what the heck is um, Vulcan's mindset and what on earth is going on? If that's an issue, which unless you know the massive backstory, like somehow Dan does, <laughs> I think that's a fundamental flaw in the issue. Because if you can't understand the character, how are you supposed to understand what they're doing? All right, and we're back, guys. I apologize, listeners. I'll figure out some way to edit that all together, but um, I'm not exactly sure where we cut out. So um, I think, Ian, you were talking, you were wrapping up your thoughts on the book on X-Men 10. I, I was just basically saying that, good issue, enjoyed reading it, but the fact that you don't know where his mind's at and there's no way to tell that off what's happened unless you've got an encyclopedia of knowledge like Dan, <laughs> um, it just it's kind of a fundamental flaw because I thought it was just me being like a new reader not being familiar with the characters but as you said it's both uh, both you and George as well so it's just, like it feels like a massive flaw in the issue itself I mean that's that's something you have to struggle with anytime you read comics they all all these characters have decades of history I think the problem with Gabriel is that most of comics readers don't give <laughs> So that's the problem. I think think it. I think it may have needed a little bit more. um, Because a lot of people who bring in characters that like, what the who the hell? When what? (laughs) Um, I think it just needed maybe not a recap page, but maybe like a little bit more of a right. Because just throwing throwing in Emperor Vulcan is like more like a tease than anything else. It's like go go Google that, please, reader. Right. right. (laughs) You know how to Wikipedia. I don't have to say anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Hickman's notes, Wikipedia. Right. Right. Oh, Wikipedia. TM, baby, TM. Um. (laughs) All right. Well, when you guys want to grade X Men number 10? We don't want to grade it at all, apparently. Um, (laughs) No. I'll 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 set I'll sit at three, I think. Okay. I think I'd have to join you with a three just because it, there's a massive hole there. It's like okay. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. I think there was almost the emotional kind of backstory almost pulled me in enough to kind of forgive what was lacking but i think uh, right in between a three and a four um just to be different i'll go i'll go a low four out of six claws but it's 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 right it's right there in that three three and a half range into a kind of starting to get to four uh yeah not a surprise i like this a lot more than you guys this is a high four low five for me um, I, I think the, the mystery works. 
uh, for me, uh, I I really like the artwork. I feel like Gabriel could turn into like an interesting character, and this feels like a good, not like a good starting off point of like building into into that, but like something that it's just enticing me to want to get to know the character a little bit more. I don't know if it's just that Hickman magic has got me, but uh, this is a high four, low five. Okay, very cool. I'm glad. I think we had a little bit of something for everybody on this episode. That's pretty cool. Um, Well, guys, confession, I did not get a chance to read the free comic book day, so I won't go all the way into it, but I know it's kind of a setup for uh, Sword of X or X-Swords or whatever that is. So I guess my question for those of you that read it, did it pump you up for the event, make you indifferent to the event, make you dread the event? Like, like, what did it do as far as, as setup for the event for you guys? I, I think the most interesting thing for me, and Dan pointed it out before I read it, but it's not X of Swords, it's Ten of Swords, Jason. Like, oh. Uh, oh. Power of Ten. And there are okay. ten swords. And oh. one of the pages has five heroes with swords, and behind them, in black silhouettes, are five villains with swords. And what will happen? Uh, wow! Oh, I'm not. I, I don't care. So this is a <laughs> video. This is a video game. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a, yeah. It's like a selection screen. You get to pick from your five heroes, okay. and then you go to the different stages and and fight the villains to get their powers. Definitely. Okay. All right. I'm 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 just bringing it up because there's one thing I will say about it. Um, it is beautiful. Like it generally is stunning. Um, to look at because um, it's just uh, Hox Pox uh, art team doing beautiful things and I think each individual it's such, it's so conceited you can tell that Teeny Howard has something to do with it because um, there's a lot of like dragging of the feet pretending to be funny in places um, but the, the actual uh, beginning bit where it's in con- that that, that trusty Hickman setup of we're all talking in Hickman and we're all talking in Hickman enigmas um, <laughs> to, um, to get to the next point. And then we have like a tarot reading, which is lovely. Each, each, each card is lovely. But like you said, the, um, the character select screen, um, I could name probably, probably all five of those silhouettes. Oh, let's <laughs> do it. Let's see if you got it. Let's do it. So one of them's clearly Storm. That's yeah, Storm. one looks like Storm, yeah. The one next to Storm holding two, I think, is Gorgon. Um, mm. The one in the middle, I believe, is Corsair. That with the cape is... See, I want to say it's Magneto, but I also want to say it might be Captain Byrne, but it looks like Magneto. But the other yeah. one... Um... Actually, I'd say the other one has me stumped. The one with the giant sword next to the next to Magix's flamey sword. That's the only one that has me stumped. But who knows? That could be anyone, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Jason, I don't know if you have it open, but the, the heroes page—it's right. Cable, Cable with his sword, Apocalypse with some sort of giant fish. Yeah, uh, Wolverine right. has a samurai sword, and I'm not sure if he's like borrowing the sword from Silver Samurai. Um, Ilyana has her sword, and uh, the current Captain Britain has her uh, psychic sword. Oh, okay, oh, okay, it's on the last card. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, the Ten of Swords. Okay. All right. Yeah, so... So we got Kid Cable, Apocalypse, Wolverine, Magic, and Captain Britain. 
then in the back we have floppy hair, storm, jacket and crotch, and then <laughs> white pants. And yeah, yeah, okay. Is anyone else a little disappointed that Nightcrawler's not involved? Like he's a he's a dude Shouldn't who used it? to use swords all the time to fight and Right. He's he's really been disserviced throughout all of the Dawn of X books, you know, just I, very uh-huh. small appearances. I would agree with that. You're singing to the to the choir. Because uh, Ian was reading X Men number seven, which was Scott and Nightcrawler, Scott and Kurt talking about mm. the um uh bringing mutants giving mutants their powers back from him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, why isn't he in it more? Because Hickman can really write him as a you know right. a a theatician as a <laughs> Why isn't he in it all the time? Yeah, oh, that could be. No, it's he, not. That's definitely Gorgon because he's got his Gorgon pants on. I saw the hair. I was like, no, that's not. That's not him. <laughs> it might not. It might not be Gorgon. It might be Bird. Mm. Um, in fact, one of them could be one of the sc- the screaming child from X Psychopath. <laughs> 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 yes, it was right there in front of us. How did we miss it? They called him a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the teasers of what the only disappointing thing about the free comic book event is that uh, Glob is in it. Yeah, but everybody oh, loves Glob, but Dan, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say that someone needs to sacrifice themselves, Dan, so fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, but it is, it is gorgeous and it is just set up. It is just, it's just, it's just a, a starter for things to come. It hasn't really done anything for me to want to read Ten of Swords because A, it's a stupid title <laughs> and and B, I have to read it anyway, so Well, look at this one, at least the introduction was free Yeah, at least it was free um, Anyway Yeah, alright, cool <laughs> Cool, sure <laughs> <laughs> I will I'll try to get that read and, and y'all tack on a little bonus content or something but um yeah but guys man it was so much fun talking to y'all again i cannot say enough how how this has made my day so thank y'all very much well thank you jason we we appreciate it We, we always love coming on um you know we uh uh, on our end, we we just recorded an episode yes uh, the other day for Excalibros, and that should be going live uh, today. So awesome. please be on the lookout for that. We're we're covering our our standard books: X Factor, Excalibur, Exiles, uh, and the new X Factor. Well, the new 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 for us, but but uh, you know new to 1992 uh, X Factor, <laughs> right? Um, which well, I we are really enjoying the artwork in that. So it's worth even just flipping through those pages for that book because Stroman and, and Oliver together uh, are, are yeah. just make some gorgeous stuff. It's been nice. So, uh, yeah, so definitely go listen to it, Scott Bros. Why don't y'all uh, give a little bit more information on where people can find you just in case they haven't done it yet. They should have, but just in case. You can find us on podbean.com forward slash Excalibros, much like you can find this website on podbean.com forward slash Snipcast. Double promotion. Uh, and, then, and then you can go on Twitter, Excalibur is one, and talk to us or tell us that we shouldn't be reviewing these books anymore because they're possibly eroding 
society's mo- collective consciousness. Um, <laughs> I feel like Excalibur is definitely eroding my. You guys just need to skip ahead. Just yeah, skip ahead so. a little <laughs> bit because the Alan Davis Time stuff jump. gets really good again. Time jump. But no, <laughs> we've um, got like can... we've got like fifteen months before we get to that. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just have to do it in double time. Um, there you <laughs> go. Just do it. Yeah, do it three or four at a time. Just quick, quick hits. <laughs> just a no, yes, thumbs up, thumbs down from from in the middle. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, Ian, anything you want to talk about? Anything going on in the corner of the internet? I have no cause of the internet. I'm all alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been lovely uh, chatting again, and I have missed this to be honest. Because I know awesome. I missed the past you as well, so it's really nice just to be back and be able to chat yeah. you all. Always happy to have um, you. And you can find me at the same old SSJ Bacoma on Twitter. And that's about it, really. Unless you want to follow Gunpla Building, which is Bacoma Builds on Instagram. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Well, um, as always for the podcast that goes snicked, as Dan said, uh, snickcast.podbean.com. Uh, Twitter is at snickcast. You can like the Facebook page if you're so inclined. Um, that's really, yeah, it's going to do it. Um, it's been a fun eight years. I'm not going to promise eight more, but I'm going to keep going as long as I enjoy it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, a, been, a, been a hell of a ride and appreciate all the friends along the way. So I don't know what will be next exactly, but we'll figure something out, and we'll have these guys back on again Yay. sooner than later. Now that we have new books out, we will not have to wait several months to hear these lovely voices on the podcast that goes snicked. So very cool. So until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks, and please, everybody, stay safe and stay well. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye, y'all. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>